The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186, and tell him that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always. Boss player. Forever. Welcome in to a Monday morning edition of Franchise Player, a site crossover podcast of the Ole Miss Spirit on three and inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett. He's David Johnson. Feeling a little under the weather, but let's see if we can't pick him up on this Monday morning as the transfer portal has officially opened. It's December 5th, the first of two windows. So get fired up. It's portal time, baby. And Hugh Freeze is hunting for Ole Miss coaches. Jake Thornton's already left for Auburn. What about Derek Nix? And Ole Miss is officially going bowling. Headed to Houston, Texas to battle the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. It's the Tax Act Texas Bowl on December 28th at 8 p.m. Central Time. And since this podcast is brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, I should tell you to get your Texas Bowl priority seats reserved. Request your order by Friday, December 9th at 5 p.m. That's Friday, December 9th at 5 p.m. Tickets are on sale now at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com to get your tickets for the Texas Bowl on December 28th at 8 p.m. Central Time through the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Hey, David. Hey, what's going on this morning? I apologize up front for my voice. I, I think it's because my lungs are have weakened and, you know, I caught, I caught a cold and uh, bad congestion in my chest. And it's just taken a little while to... Uh, to dump it all out. So uh, not a good time of the year to be ill, but uh, we're going to get through it. Yeah, this is the perfect time for you to get ill. The first day of the first window opening of two transfer windows opening today, December 5th. Yeah. Yeah. And coaches hopping around like jumping beans. So, uh, you know, it is what it is though. You know, it's, it's the time of the year that you can revamp, rebuild, retool your roster. And, um, you know, that's that's what we expect to see happen. You know, Ole Miss has eight players that have entered the portal. I'm really not sure there are going to be any more, Ben. Um, but, but there could be. And um, I expect Ole Miss to sign between, I don't know, eight to ten portal players. So you've got that along with the high school recruiting. That is going to get interesting, I believe. And, um, you know, the the stage is set. 
for the next 30 days or so. And it's going to be wild. Well, at least your enthusiasm is still here, even if your voice is not. And the portal yeah. opening degree is the number one thing. And I think the player I'm most paying attention to, I was curious to you too, is uh, the wide receiver from Mississippi State, Rara. I think that's going yeah, to happen pretty quick. I do too. Uh, you know, I think there's a successful pathway for Rara to look at. And its name is Malik Heath. And they're buddies, former teammates. Um, and it's it, to me, it just seems like the natural thing to do. Um, you know, he's going to be embraced by the Ole Miss fans and uh, it's going to be hated by the state fans, but that kind of goes with the territory. And, uh, you know, he's a kid that could come in here and and really become Jackson Dark's primary target next year. Um, so I'm with you on that. I think Ra-Ra Thomas is going to happen. I think it's going to happen relatively quickly. Isn't that wild, though? He caught the winning touchdown for Mississippi State against Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl Thanksgiving night. It's just a whole new world. But he's exactly what Ole Miss needs, which is a dynamic go-to number one receiver. They just don't have that right now. Big-bodied wide receiver. Um, and, um, you know, I think uh, I think that's going to happen. I think the biggest thing that's happened thus far in the offseason is the Grove Collective signing Quinshawn Judkins and ending any speculation that uh, that that he would put his foot in the portal. And uh, I think that's huge. Cornerstone number one right there. It did take Lane Kiffin publicly committing and signing an extension with Ole Miss for it to happen because that was in the works for a long time. But oh, yeah, sure. that does matter. I, I don't think it was a threat unless Lane left. And the prevailing thought for a while there was that Lane was leaving. And then the Pike Road kid from Alabama um, would be tempted sway to follow him to Auburn. But now that that or once that once that threat was gone. Um, it, it felt like, you know, that that kind of was gone too, you know, that threat. You know, that, that's really a lot to deal with as an Ole Miss fan. Yeah. Your head coach, I think, was on the verge of taking that job, okay? And I think basically some of the rules at Auburn kind of dissuaded him. Yes, there were some family issues that he decided to stay. But along with him was going to go your best player possibly, and that that's that's just a lot to swallow, Ben. Think about it. it really yeah, but is. it didn't happen. You know, usually in the old days of Ole Miss football, but it could have happened. Yes, but it didn't. That's my point. I mean, back in the old days of Ole Miss football, really ugly, terrible things happened for very minimal success stories. Very few success stories, right? The Sugar Bowls and all that kind of stuff. Accomplishing the big Ole Miss accomplishments, achieving them. This time it didn't. I mean, Lane Kiffin is here. Quinshawn Judkins has signed. And I do agree that that is the biggest signee that they will have because a lot of what the portal is now isn't just going to get in a rah-rah or whoever you might be targeting in the portal. It's also roster retention. Yeah, no doubt about That's it. That's the underreported no aspect of this, you know? And I'll say this, you know, Lane with his pro mindset, cutting edge, because everybody's a pro now, pretty much everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it's about the contract. It's about the money. 
And uh, I, I don't know where it's going to end, I, I, if it ever ends. But the game is definitely metamorphing into something new that um, we've all got to get used to. Well, I mean, outside, it, outside of Rara on this first day of the portal, anybody else that has got your attention as far as Ole Miss is concerned? Yeah, definitely Braden Fisk. I mean, I don't know that Ole Miss is going to get him. He's a kid raised in Big Ten country, and everybody wants a six foot five, three hundred pound guy that can get to the quarterback. He went to Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, he visited Notre Dame this weekend. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I'd love to have Braden Fisk, and then you know you're going to see uh, new names pop up in this portal over the course of the next uh, next week or so, even longer. So. You know, it's 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 signing day without six o'clock in the evening coming, because every day is signing day from from here until middle of January. You kind of surprised kind of, me. You kind of surprised me saying that Ole Miss. Uh, you didn't expect potentially any more guys to get in. I think they're at eight. I'd heard the number could get comf- or would get comfortably over double digits. Yeah, it might. It might. Uh, you know that you're still there, but how many players did Ole Miss lose to the portal last year? I can't remember the exact number, but it was a big group. But none of them were surprises. It was Tylen Knight and Quentin Bivens, those kind of guys. Yeah, but okay, if a guy has been thinking about getting in the portal, why hasn't he announced his intentions yet? Yeah, why are you waiting until now? Yeah, why why wait? So I think, you know, each and every passing day, I think that number diminishes a little bit. I'm not saying there won't be anybody else. There will be. But I I don't know. I don't know that it reaches in the teens. Well, the interesting thing about that is for the next 45 days, as this portal window runs through mid-January, what is what is the approach if you get in next week, the week after? That that seems like it wasn't well thought out, right? A lot of these yeah. are well down the road, these recruitments. I mean, this exactly. can just now open, but if you're naive enough to think, Ole Miss fan, that a Fisk, for example, who Lane Kiffin was supposed to go see last week and then he went on the official to Notre Dame, he doesn't know who he's really considering already, and he's well down the path toward figuring out where he's going next. Come on now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're a former three-star recruit, you've been in this program three years, you haven't really seen the field, and you're waiting around, I I don't get that thought. Because, you know, the portal numbers, and really this is a trend that you're starting to see develop, about 42% of the guys that get in the portal find other homes. That means 58%, Ben, 58% in their careers by getting in the portal. Is it that, is their football career over? I I mean, a lot for a lot of guys, it is. That's crazy. It is because these guys who have been at power five programs, maybe they do get an offer from a division two school, but you know, along with that offer, comes maybe a 25% scholarship, some Pell Grant money, and you're scraping to live every single month. So 
Is it something that you, you're willing to put in the work, the same amount of work for a lot less? And some of these guys just decide, I'm not going to do that. That's tough. You it, go it in is. with the hope of thinking, oh, man, yeah, it didn't work out here, but all of these options will be available to me. Even if they're lesser options, I will have a lot of lesser options rather than this one great opportunity that didn't work out. And then you get in and realize, oh, there's a lot of the same people. There's a lot of views in there. Yeah, and, and you know something a lot of fans aren't clear on? Coaches cannot kick a kid off the team and pull a scholarship just to create another spot. You know, these, these undergrad scholarships are guaranteed. So, you know, it, it's not like the staff can meet and go, well, so-and-so is just not doing anything for us. Let's kick him off the team. They can't do that, but they can, they can make things more difficult on you. I mean, they can call you in and go, look, you need to hit the portal because you're never going to play here. I mean, that's what Dion did with his whole team in his first team meeting with Colorado. Said, hey, guys, get in the portal. I mean, you know, and that's really all a coach is limited to. I mean, other than treating you badly and telling you you're never going to play, but they cannot yank your scholarship. So it is kind of up to the kid. And I just wanted to kind of make that clear because – I see comments all the time about, well, coach needs to pull a scholarship. Well, coach can't. Unless the kid has violated some clause in the in the in the scholarship, he can't pull it. Man, this this sport's already nihilistic enough. If you get to the place where coach is gonna say, all right, that kid ain't worth nothing, let's get rid of him. Well, now now it's completely lost any and all meaning well, outside well, of this it, business, right? Well, and you're at that place where those type of conversations happen. The kid's not worth anything. Let's get rid of him. But they can't just sign a piece of paper and get rid of him. That's, uh, that's where the, the crux of the matter, the, the word process is, is kind of comes from. We're going to process him out, you know, which means no road trips, uh, you know, no reps at practice. Put on your costume, come stand around, that kind of thing. Yeah, you're a member of the team in name only. That's it. That's exactly right. And most so, kids get the message and get into the portal. Most they of them do. Get, they react like a normal human being and go, this is some bullshit, and get in. However, for some, it, it probably would be best just to eat it, come back and try to ball out and, and change that coach's opinion rather than um, jump into the portal without knowing where you're going. If you don't know where you're going, that's a heck of a, a risky thing to be doing. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, again, like I said, you know, we've been doing this now for, what, three years with this portal a little bit? 42%. That's the constant number. Like from 41.2 to 42.3, those are the percentage of guys who find a new home. And the thing is, if you get into the portal, the school that you're leaving can say, oh, we're not, we're not going to take you back. That's where they can pull the scholarship if you get in. Yeah, if you get in, you know, it's all over at that point. You're risking that as well. So Yeah, even if you, you know, want to come back, the school doesn't have to take you back now. That's, that's correct. 
So when you go in, know where you're going. And a lot of kids are going to get in. I thought I heard or read maybe the number could get anywhere up to like 6,000 kids or no, 6,000 is already in there. And the idea that only 42% of six to 8,000 kids or whatever the number ends up being. Yeah. Any of their careers. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah, that that's tough. But, you know, you got to look at it this way. A lot of those guys are in the portal because their careers have not gone the way they were expected to go. Yeah. And if you're another coach looking at a kid, you're going, look, man, this guy was at Ole Miss for three years, never got on the field. Um, what makes you think he's going to get on the field here? And, and they, they take a pass. It's uh, just, just kind of the wild world we live in. It's unbelievable that, you know, that spirit of the game where this guy came to your school and played for you because he loved your school and he became part of your school. So much of that is gone. Yeah, it, I don't know if it was ever really there, to be honest with you. Oh, it was. It was. And it grows on a kid after he leaves. But nowadays, again, it's free agency, period. That's what it is. It definitely you know, makes the sport more interesting. Yeah, but, you know, it's not college football as we grew up knowing it. It's just not. But I accept it's that not. reality and just – Accept it for what it is now. And it is on its own terms, objectively fun. If what you care about is constant consumption of college football news. It's a game. It's a score. Did your team win or not? Um, and, uh, you know, who will your favorite wide receiver be playing for next year? At least Ole Miss's favorite running back and best player will be still playing at Ole Miss and not Auburn. That's, That's true. That's true. That's something to be celebrated. Well, yeah. School is not what it used to be as far as it, as how it can contend or compete um, with those traditional blue bloods. Not that Auburn is necessarily uh, a traditional blue uh, blood. I'm curious, have you heard any numbers on Quinchon Judkins in IL deal? Yeah, half a million dollars. Exactly. Half a million dollars. And somebody had broken it down. I read where after taxes, it's somewhere around 15 grand a month. He earned it. He just set the single season rushing record at Ole Miss. Good for him. Get yours. I know. I know what he did. Good for him. Good for I've him. I've always said I'm for players getting paid, but I'm going to tell you this: I'm also for there being some equality in there somewhere, because while some players are getting very paid, there are players who are being underpaid. I guess that's what the portal's for, right? I guess so. Uh, I could see that argument as far as fellow starters like the offensive line blocking for the running back. But if we're talking about paying the second team backup defensive tackle or three tech or whatever, or edge or linebacker, heck, even cornerback, the same or an equitable deal as that of Quinshawn Judkins. No, man, this is capital. Uh, uh, yeah, I get it. I get that. And, and, and I'm totally fine with that, but it's got to be in the realm of compensation. So what I'm saying is you can't pay the backup offensive lineman 50 grand 
when there's a kid out there starting every game making 20. Well, has any portal entrant really surprised you? Because one happened this morning as we were recording, Pittsburgh quarterback Keaton Slovis. Obviously, Ole Miss has a quarterback in Jackson Dart, but we've talked about this countless times already on this podcast. Behind him, there is no one outside of Marcel Reed once he signs. So Marcel Reed, who they love, balled out, didn't finish with a state championship, but threw five touchdowns in the game, really looked yeah. great. I mean, I'm a, I'm super excited about that kid. I know Ole Miss is absolutely through the roof. I think that, I think I was told um, by a source that they only evaluated at Ole Miss four quarterbacks in the country. Jackson Arnold, who's at Oklahoma, the kid that's committed to USC, um, Nico at Tennessee. They only evaluated four quarterbacks higher than him in the country. And I think, he, in, you know, in on three rankings, he's in the 30s as far as quarterbacks. He's a four-star. And I think he's a four-star in 2472. But that just shows yeah. you he loves this kid. And I think they're going to be uh, rewarded with a really, really good player for their scouting and evaluation of him. It's not like he what was a great quarterback. Can you go into next season with a true freshman – being your primary backup. I'd be fine with it. Matt Corral did it with Luke Altmaier. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. So depends on what the options are in the portal. Nick Evers was somebody, a player, yeah. a, four, a former four-star that Ole Miss recruited like heck. Even with Jeff Lebby. Like Jeff Lebby's the reason why Nick Evers ended up at Oklahoma uh, instead of Ole Miss. And Dylan Gabriel ended up at Oklahoma instead of Ole Miss. Both of those guys were ticketed for Ole Miss with Jeff Lebby. They tried to keep the momentum going once um, Jeff left to go back to his alma mater, take the same spot, uh, offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. John David Baker re-offered Nick Evers, and um, it wasn't enough. He was decommitted to Florida, or he decommitted from Florida, and while Ole Miss had some early momentum, once the Levy thing happened, it was over. So looking at how he got buried on that depth chart and Jackson Arnold coming in for Oklahoma, um, a, a player in Jackson Arnold that Ole Miss really recruited hard too. There's a lot of that. Have you noticed this? This isn't an, oh, yeah. a lot of crossover quarterback recruiting between Oklahoma and Ole Miss. And I can tell you this, we we don't need to speak around anymore. Lane Kiffin and, and Jeff Levy do not like each other, did not like each other. And there is a recruiting rivalry happening in front of us as far as those two guys competing for quarterbacks. Well, you don't think like as soon as, as soon as Nick Evers announced his intent to go in the portal, I think Lane Kiffin was like the first person to retweet him yeah. when it happened. So, you know, will there be an Ole Miss offer there? I don't know. It's hard to figure out because Evers obviously played in one game at Oklahoma this year. So he's going to redshirt. So would he be willing to come to Oxford and sit behind Jackson Dart for two more years and run the risk of having to battle Marcel Reed to win the to win the job. I don't think so. But well, the only thing about that is that's pretty much every situation you're going to walk into, Nick Evers. You're not even Keaton Slovis, who left USC and became the immediate plug-and-play starter in Pittsburgh. Now he's back in the portal. Jackson Dart was widely assumed the plug-and-play starter at Ole Miss. And Luke Altmaier, to his credit, made it a real competition. And it took going into the season for Jackson to take over and really seize control of that job. He only The only game he didn't start was one, one game. Luke Omar got one start, now he got banged up. But Jackson Dart took the job and ran with it. If you're Nick Evers, you're not established. You're going to get that anywhere you go. There's going to be a Marcel Reed waiting at Arkansas, 
Clemson, oh, you know, sure. um, a, an established starter. And the thing about the Jackson Dart two-year thing, Ole Miss hopes he's not their starter in two years, not because they don't love Jackson Dart, because oh, yeah, of course. they but, want him to ball out next year. Yeah, but right now you've got to assume Jackson's got two more years left, I think. He is David Johnson, and under the weather, David Johnson. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben at Rebels247. He writes for Inside the Rebels247. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit on three, and this podcast is brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. And continuing with their efforts to make Ole Miss a premier destination for athletes and students alike, Ole Miss Athletics recently announced that Morgan Wallen will bring his one-night-at-a-time world tour to Oxford on Saturday, April 22nd. That's Morgan Wallen, Saturday, April 22nd. It'll be the first ever concert inside Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, and they're expecting a sellout. So to purchase your tickets on December 16th, visit OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ideally for Ole Miss and its future and what it could be next year, you want Jackson Dart to ball out and lead him to the playoff. And then go pro. And then the next guy takes over. Marcel Reed, Nick Evers. That's where he made sense to me. I actually wrote a column about it for the Ole Miss Spirit on three. He makes sense because he's more developmental. You don't need to, you're not needing to go get like they did last year, a plug and play guy like Dylan Gabriel. They were after every single guy. They were looking for a starter. And I know they were playing, paying lip service to, uh, to Luke Altmyer and his candidacy and stepping in as, as the, as the next guy for Matt Corral, the heir apparent, but it was Jackson Dart's job. It was whoever's job that they got. And they wanted it to be Dylan Gabriel. They wanted it to be, for a second, Cam Ward, I don't ever think – I never believed that they really got too hot on that kid, even though he's a really good quarterback. 
Spencer Rattler, they entertained. they entertained everybody. That's not what it's going to be this time around. And Nick Evers makes some sense because he does have four years of eligibility. He isn't coming in to re- – he's coming in to push your quarterback, but he's not coming in to start over your quarterback. Neither is Marcel Reed. They could, and that's the point. They can't yeah, – Right now, we don't know that Nick Evers is coming in. We're just, we're just no. talking hypotheticals. Yeah, it's complete hypothetical. We're, I'm talking more about what they're looking for potentially with a quarterback in the portal. Multiple years of eligibility, long-term planning, um, can come in and push, but not really not really go after Jackson Dart's job. I mean, they're going to push him, make it a competition, but they're not taking his job. He's no real threat is the next quarterback, or if they bring a quarterback in, I don't know. What we do know they're going to bring in is wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, cornerback, and there's some guys out there, offensive line. Linebacker. Yeah. Linebacker. They got to get a linebacker. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know, but today is day one and, uh, you know, we'll see what all happens. We've got uh, some coaching news over the weekend. Jake Thornton's gone. Yes. Derek Nix oh, is being courted. By the way, before we switch gears, Luke Altmaier, it was already official pretty much when he announced it publicly, but he's officially entered the transfer portal. Officially. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. There you go. But, yes, Jake Thornton went to Auburn. Um, I don't know if Lane Kiffin necessarily was going to put up all of a fight to keep him. No, he wasn't. I don't think it was uh, in the cards. He could go for that, too. But he went to Auburn. They had, they had some difference of philosophies, particularly late in the season. Um, and, um, you know, I think Jake told his players yesterday that simply it was time for a change. And out the door he goes, and we'll get a new offensive line coach. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, Derek Nix has this carrot being dangled out in front of him right now um, as an offensive coordinator under Hugh Freeze. The we know what that means. thing ever, man. Yeah, Freeze is calling the shots. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um that's got to be a difficult decision. Derek's been here 15 years now. But he has always wanted to be a coordinator or a head coach. Well, the only way to get to be a head coach, unless your team's on probation and uh, your head coach has to resign in shame, is uh, be a coordinator, right? Yeah, that, that used to be the track. Yeah. That was typically the track. Good on that. Yeah. If you, it's good, good work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah. Freeze actually went after Matt Luke to become the offensive line coach. And Matt said, no, nah, I'm good. Good for you, yeah. man. You made your millions and you're just done. You're living life. That is friggin' awesome. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if Matt doesn't show up somewhere a couple of years down the road. When his kids are a little older. Yeah, yeah. I could see that because Matt's very young still, so – We'll uh, we'll see, but uh, maybe he's like you and me though, because we've talked about this. If we were his age and we'd made those millions, I don't need some massive, massive house. I love my house. I'm I'd per- be perfectly fine just paying off my house and living on my millions. Ben, I'd probably be uh, running cocaine down in Miami. Good for you know, I mean, Lord. if I had if I had that kind of money, um, 
You you just, like why did you immediately jump to you become like a mafia don? Okay, because I've been watching this series on Netflix called Bloodline. Okay. And, uh, if you haven't watched it, oh my God, you got to watch it. Incredible. It's about a family who has a uh, bed and breakfast down in the Florida Keys. And all three of the brothers accidentally get hooked up and running cocaine. Oh boy. Yeah, it's great, great series. Season four it, comes you, out. You sound like you do what I do. Whenever I get really into a show and I'm binging it hard, I'm talking like multiple episodes a day. Feels like oh, you're, yeah. like you're everything you do during a day is just like obligatory so you can get to watching the show. You're so consumed with it. You just gotta get back into binging. It, it's a very yeah. unhealthy. Very unhealthy. I thing. generally start my binge watching about ten o'clock, after my daughter's in the bed and um, my wife's in the bed, and I can't sleep. So, yeah, that's when I watch yeah. it. But see what I what I have anyway, is I like take on the personality during my day to day life of the show I'm binge watching. I'll start acting like Walter White. <laughs> that's oh man, terrible. Like you, you start uh, when I watch The Wire, all of a sudden I talk like a, a Baltimore, Maryland resident or something, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Now, how did you act like Walker White? What did you do? Well, you know, just very forceful and uh, got a lot of bass in your voice. So when you're getting uh, on the stage, you're like, hey, I am the danger. Right. So, no, you didn't make any crystal meth or anything. No, so. no, no making the meth, just more. You know, Walter White, he he was a, an idiot and a loser, but also he was really awesome because uh, a normal dude could become that intimidating. Just a dude who's a teacher. Yeah. He, he made himself into, like what you're talking about, being this like Don, this powerful figure, this figurehead of, of nefarious activity. But it was like, yeah. I am the danger. Gracie, pick up your room because I am ah. here. That's what I do. It's terrible. It happened with Park and Rec. I'm rewatching Parks and Rec again. It's my favorite, one of my favorite shows ever. Oh, man. Who did you become? A lot of Andy Dwyer, a little Ron Swanson. And the Ron Swanson always dominates. I suddenly become this very, like, outspoken libertarian when I watch Parks and Rec because of Ron Swanson. I like Ron. Ron's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're off track here. Derek Nix, do you think that happens? I I'll be honest with you. Um, originally, when Freeze approached him, he said no, and it was done and done. But then, OC, now I'm I'm thinking it's a real thing. It's something that could. Yeah, it, it graduated from a position coach job to OC. And there are 14 OCs in the SEC. And, you know, that those are some of the most prominent titles in the nation. Um, Let's Derek just extrapolate has, this out, though. If the, if it were to happen, I'm not saying it's going to happen because Derek's been here 15 years. He's the Ole Miss coaching equivalent of a zombie. He survives everything. He survived Hugh Freeze, Matt Luke, Houston Nutt, everybody. Yeah. He's still here, and he's a great a coach. And he's widely respected. They're, they're ace in-state recruiter. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But I get why Freeze wants him. First of all, because Freeze does ha it just has yeah. no contacts in the coaching. And look, as, as you're as you're rehashing the Derek Nix Odyssey of 15 years, 15. there were a couple of times where 
Derek was let go from this staff and got back on it. Yeah, it's like when uh, Lane was looking around one day and go, ha, huh, huh, I need a wide receiver coach. I don't know why I did that voice. I need a wide receiver coach, and I need a good in-state recruiter. Well, Derek's unemployed. He'll coach wide receivers. That never happens. And two weeks after he was let go, he's back. Coaching another position, that just doesn't happen, or it used to not happen. I guess anything goes in this new world of college football. Yeah, and it took a little while for Hugh Freeze to hire him, too. And now Freeze, in, the, in his desperation, is doing it again. He's trying to go after one of the guys. Getting the, getting the whole band back together is Freeze. And, they, and that's the most typical Freeze thing ever. Well, he was told, I was told, he was told that he wasn't going to bring a whole lot of his Liberty guys with him. So, you know, what, what does that mean for some of those long-term guys like Mo Harris? Um, Oh, Mo's on there. He's on the staff. Yeah, off the field, though. Is he? I thought he was getting hired as, like, the wide receivers coach. I don't think so. Maybe so. What? But I think it's an off-the-field position. Hey, I give it to Mo, man. His loyalty to Hugh Freeze, his unwavering loyalty, has kept him employed for a long time in a, in a, in a profession where you're hired to be fired. Do you anticipate, all right, even if Derek Nick stays or goes, Jake Thornton is gone. Over, under, one and a half more staff changes. Over. That was quick. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see more action on the part of Lane after the bowl game. But I also think you could see some action on behalf of the staff before the bowl game. In other words, I think Lane is going to make some changes after the bowl game. But some of these guys could might maybe have a little smell of that and take other jobs before the bowl game. I think defensively is where the changes are going to come, mostly. I, I do mean, too. Defensively, and could be too with Derek, but it's it's defensively where you're talking about. Because here, uh, here with Jake Thornton and Derek Nix, they're two good coaches. And, again, Derek Nix could just stay at Ole Miss. He's got a decision to make is the point we're making here. But those are position yeah. coaches um, for an offensive-minded head coach who views the guys underneath him on his side of the ball as completely interchangeable. Let's just be real. Defensively, he wants a guy to run the show. And he wants those guys to be independent of his side. That's the pro mindset. It's like with the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy – and Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is the leader of the defense. He's the head coach of the defense. So I think there could be some changes there because let's be honest, let's be frank. After DJ Durkin left, Chris Partridge, the, the returns were mixed. And Mo Crum, he was the co-defense coordinator. What kind of role did he really play? Because that defense really fell off after those first few games where they were playing nobodies. Except for Troy. Can we now say this, David, that Troy was Ole Miss's best win this year? I think so. Troy's 11 and 2. That was their best win. First game of the year. 28 to 10. And we didn't even know it, you know? So, yeah. is a coach that will be on every Ole Miss hot list whenever they do have to replace Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Yeah, for real. He will be. The only drawback on John, and you and I both know John, he's a friend of both of ours. Is 
when that Kentucky job opens, wherever John is at, John is likely to take that Kentucky job. Mark Stoops did define extension through 2031, though. That's true, but whenever. I'm just glad that Wayne Kiffin is the head coach because, God, if we'd have been talking about John Summerall as Ole Miss's head coach candidate right now, instead of, hey, it's December 5th, the portal has officially opened. Ole Miss has needs. Let's go get rah-rah and so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. We'd be talking about coaching candidates. Still, I don't know. Do you think we would have had a head coach hired last week? Yes. Okay. Had to have one by today. I was convinced that they had to have it too. Like it was a, it was a self-created deadline that Ole Miss made. Like, hey, look, our our whole roster building strategy is contingent on when that window opens December fifth. We got to be ready. I think yeah. they somebody within. I, I don't know if we would have really had a full five days, just a work week. Not a, not a full regular week, just a work week, five days, Monday through Friday. I don't know if we'd even gotten that. I think they would have moved that quickly. Yeah, and they would have had to uh, not really get into a lot of negotiation. Who would they have hired? Jeff Levy. Yeah, probably That's, so. I'm not, you're not asking me who I think they should have hired. If you made me put a, a guess from what everything I've been gathering – as the Lane Kiffin Auburn rumors were at their apex, the general sense I got was that two of the first calls or trips that Keith Carter would have made would have been to Waco to see Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda would have told them no and gone to Jeff Levy. And while Jeff Levy, maybe they want to talk to other candidates, intriguing candidates, that uh, Jeff Levy would have taken it immediately, and that would have probably been enough. Which again. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I tend to think I would feel negatively about that outcome, but we don't have to worry about that outcome because Lane Kiffin is here and the portal has opened and all things continue to roll along. If Hugh Freeze just would have more of a coaching, uh, I don't know, like if, if he actually had more of a network of coaches in which to pull from, we wouldn't have to still be worrying about any kind of coaching crap because, of course, Hugh Freeze goes back to the well of Ole Miss people. He calls Derek. He calls Jake Thornton. It's, it's as if he looks at Ole Miss's on-the-field staff looking for changes like Jake Thornton or their off-the-field staff looking for promotion rather than go and scour for the very best people. That's Hugh Freeze. That's one, been one of his fatal flaws. He doesn't have a huge network, and that's why Ole Miss is still having to deal with this stuff because Auburn hired the one guy not named Lane Kiffin that would affect Ole Miss in his day-to-day operation the most in the short term in Hugh Freeze because of the coaches he tried to pull. And – the recruits he tried to pull from you too. Just getting started. Man. There'll be a lot of good Ole Miss freeze stories yet to come. Uh, they're there, you know. I mean, Mississippi, they're gonna they're gonna put up Fort here. They're gonna be in Mississippi. They've already been in Mississippi, but with freeze, it's good. You wait till the jabs start flying. If Freeze doesn't control his own Twitter account, Lane can jump all over him right now. Yeah, that'll be that'll be some fun jockeying between them. Uh, but I would give the uh, obvious advantage to Lane as far as if you're going to get into a Twitter war or a social media war, Freeze just he's too hokey. He can't hang in that environment, man. He doesn't want that yeah. kind of speed, especially if he's going to play the whole reclamation game. Oh, there's no doubt. The rebuilding of Freeze. You can't get into Twitter fights. 
but he will because he's freeze. He can't help himself. It'll happen. It'll happen before the first game of next year. It'll happen. Will happen. At worst, it'll happen at SEC Media Days. At worst. That's not the latest. My only yeah. concern with Derek jumping to Auburn, it's not as much as it used to be. Because the, the old days, if a, if a coach left, man, that was just killer for high school recruiting. Now the NIL money is the most important thing, obviously. But still, that would make things very interesting as far as Aiden Wood. Okay. Williams, let me, let me ask you this. And, and, I, and, and I feel like I already know the answer to this, but it's worth throwing it out there as a question. Okay. If Derek Nix goes to Auburn, what does that do with Aiden Williams? I think he still comes, to be honest. I with do you. too. I do too. But, but it's it, it's a question worth talking about. But it does make you concerned about any in-state guy like Jamarius Brown. Yeah, sure. This is to be said. He has that relationship. If the money's even, that might be something that would that would change things for him. Suntreen Perkins. If the money's even between Alabama and Ole Miss, he has the built-in relationship. But maybe Alabama views Suntreen Perkins as a guy that they can go get four of rather than throwing all their pot, all their money at one. Maybe I'll tell you what, if there, are four out there, if there are four Suntreen Perkins out there, I want to see them. I agree. I agree. I'm just making the point that there are other things to consider outside of, oh, no, Derek Nix has gone somewhere else and he was the ace in-state recruiter. No, today, that's probably like fourth or fifth on the list of these kids. Let's just say Nix takes that job. How long before Freeze goes, okay, Bubba, go get me that big wide receiver down in Brandon, Mississippi. Let's flip him. Yeah, I think that's more of a long-term, more long-term play for the next couple of years than this year. I think Aiden and Suntarine was still signed with Ole Miss. Just, yeah, we, yeah, we forget about the portal thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The portal is always there. It's like, yeah, I don't want to lose this kid. Well, you could still lose him in a year. You could lose your entire roster in a year. That's what I was saying at the, at the start of this podcast. I mean, one of the most underreported or, or under-talked about elements of the portal is roster retention, paying to keep your roster, paying to keep your commits. So when you're looking at that $10 million number for Ole Miss with NIL, a good chunk of that, at least half, has got to be earmarked for your current roster, right? You can't just Absolutely. take eight of your $10 million and go buy the best wide receiver money can buy. That's not how it works. Roster retention is, is a key, key element and one of the most um, critical elements of this entire process. I agree. 2022 was an outstanding year for Ole Miss Athletics, punctuated by the baseball team winning the 2022 College World Series. As the calendar year comes to an end, please consider supporting Ole Miss Athletics with your year-end giving to help Ole Miss sustain its incredible momentum. For more information on ways to give to Ole Miss Athletics, visit its websites at www.givetoathletics.com. That's www.givetoathletics.com or www.championsnowolemiss.com. That's www.championsnowolemiss.com or call the Ole Miss Athletics office at 662-915-915. 7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. 
They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Allen Samuels. Let's be friends. What big news do you expect this week before we get out of here? Anything? I think Ra Ra Thomas is, is an Ole Miss Rebel by the end of the week. If they got Ra Ra Thomas, how many more wide receivers do they need? Man, if they're the right two, I'd take two more. Okay. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, you know, you've got some young, unproven kids but they're not as young as they once were, and they're still unproven. Yeah, they're starting to get into Dennis Jackson territory. Correct. You need to go and get some guys that can catch a football. And um, I, I would take three wide receivers, all told. Um, you got to take a tight end. You know, you really need an offensive lineman. Um. Defense, you need guys at every position. So let the hunting begin. What did you think of the Texas Tech Ole Miss matchup in the Texas Bowl? I love the idea of the bowl because, you know, I like new experiences. It's just why Texas Tech? It's like Ole Miss always plays Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. There's all these pre-drawn agreements. And Ole Miss and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are generally in the same area of the hierarchy of each of their conferences. I was looking at Texas Tech earlier this morning. They can score points. They can throw the football. They have a terrible defense. I think Ole Miss wins this game 17 to 21 points. Well, four-star safety Marvin Burks, it was always an Ole Miss-Missouri battle for Marvin Burks. He has flipped his commitment from Ole Miss to Missouri. Tell me what that means. Well, I, I, it's not a surprise. The day he committed to Ole Miss, earlier in the day he committed to Missouri, then he committed to Ole Miss after Lane got involved. And, um, you know, he's staying home. That's that's way you can say it. Yeah, um, sometimes the kid just wants to go to a, a certain school. Like, I'm not convinced that Dante Dowdle just doesn't want to go to Oregon. Yeah, and he may. He may. Oregon was in uh, Jackson, Hattiesburg, to watch him play in the state title game Friday night. They were there. I saw a pitcher, two big guys, big O's on their chest. Was Ole Miss there? Yes, Ole Miss was there. Ole Miss is going to battle for that kid at the very end. Not feeling confident about Chris Johnson, the four-star running back. How are we feeling about Criscano? Great question. Um, I don't know right now. There was so much optimism. And, like, it was a foregone conclusion once he decommitted from Michigan State. And now Reese Cano is not deciding during the early signing period. He has already decided he's stretching it out to February. So, I think, you know, you cross bridges as they come. Do do that at your own risk, too, prospects, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so 
wait till February because a lot of uh, a lot of schools that they they get done with high schoolers in December. You're like cutting off a lot of your own options, cutting off your own limbs here by waiting till February. Well, first of all, we have to let Zach Evans announce what he's going to do. That's that true. affects everything. And then, uh, and I think he's going to the league. I do too. But, um, and then you got to see what pops up in the portal. You know, you you could go there for running backs if you had to. And it's unfortunate, but forgotten in this is Ulysses Bentley's coming back. He is. That's true. That's true. They didn't even get to unlock that kid, and they love that kid. He started the year as the number two behind Zach Evans, the true number two, if we want to get technical. Yeah. And then Quinshawn became him, Sean. Him, Sean Judkins. Well, Ulysses is just so fast to the perimeter. He's got great hands. So many things you can do with him. And, uh, you know, so it's good that he's coming back. Isaiah Woolard, Kentrell Bullock hitting the portal. Uh, well, Isaiah, this is a perfect fit for Riscano then because they can wait and he wants to wait. Yeah. Isaiah will be going in as a seventh-year senior somewhere. <laughs> that is true. That's crazy. Yeah. I hope Isaiah Willard goes to Southern Miss or somewhere and just shoes up. Right. I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, I know one FBS program that is salivating for his name to pop up officially in that portal today. Who? I can't say. Oh, don't be shy. They're not in Mississippi, though. Come on, Ben, that's not hard to figure out. I don't know. I feel stupid. Ole Miss has officially offered C.J. Dippery the tight end for Maryland. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good portal kid. Yeah, that's another that's another position tight end where Ole Miss is going to get someone. Oh, yeah. All three recruits just tweeted out as we're finishing up this recording. Sam Spiegelman did a story with Sunterine Perkins, quote, I'm ready to rock out with them. Four-star linebacker Sunterine Perkins is locked in with Ole Miss. That'll not deter Nick Saban or Pete Golding. Or Derek Nix if he went to Auburn. <laughs> True. True. Last one. Scott Satterfield left Louisville, somewhat surprisingly, but he's leaving Louisville for Cincinnati. What does that mean in your opinion? Because Adana J. Green has been seemingly on the verge of a flip from Louisville to Ole Miss since the spring. Do you think this matters in any way in that way as it pertains to him? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Now, as opposed to comparing Ole Miss and Louisville, you compare Ole Miss and Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's on their way to the Big 12. Um, but Donna J. Green's got a decision to make. I'll be honest with you. I was surprised that Cincinnati wasn't the spot for Dion. I thought that was a perfect fit. I know you don't want to talk about Dion. Well, no, I could see Dion fitting well there. Um, I've always thought Memphis would be his his. He would set that town on fire. Um, I've always thought that Ole Miss would be a great fit, but that's neither here nor there. Well, you know what? He's at Colorado. He's going to get tested by big-time coaches. You're going to be able to see what he can do. He's David Johnson at Rebels 247, writes for Inside the Rebels 247. He's on the road to recovery, but you've been on the road for a while now. I want you to feel better. I want you to sound better. Well, it's two weeks now, and uh, – 
Some days I wake up and I can talk. Some days I can't. Um, the doctor told me, you know, it's kind of a, a long form COVID issue, whatever the hell that means oh. um, with my lungs. But uh, we're coughing, we're hacking, and we're singing in the shower, man. We're going to be podcasting. Podcasting. Yeah. I podcasted this morning. How about that? Get fired up. David Johnson at Rebels 247, inside the Rebels 247. I'm being here at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk to champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. Go to both sites. Check out all the coverage of the portal, which opened today, the first of two windows. The second won't come to, until April. So lock in. Buckle your seatbelts. It's the fun time of the new world of college football. Thank you, my friend. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.